It's September 25th, and this is the Cream City Pacers Weekly Rundown. Welcome back to another Weekly Rundown. As you may notice, our cover graphic looks a little different this week. And the title does not have a guest in it. That is because, unfortunately, due to some scheduling conflicts, our guest was not able to make it this week. Wah, 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 wah. So, don't worry. We still love you, and we're still here to put out content. So, Apostoli and I are taking the reins, and we're going to have a really fun conversation. We have a great episode for you today. Um, We are going to talk about how we watched this Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma. So if you've seen that, you kind of already know where I'm going with this. But uh, one of us got rid of social media, and we're going to talk about social media. We're going to talk about using social media as a runner, a.k.a. Strava, and we're going to maybe go down a rabbit hole there. Um, Christina, my wife, ran the virtual lakefront marathon last weekend and crushed it. So I'm going to give you guys the recap of that um and then also the boys stoli and i we uh it's taper we're at taper week here for the lakefront marathon so (laughs) or the lakefront 10k i should say if you're not if you're not alex so we're going to talk about our runs how apostoli is preparing and tapering how i should be tapering but did a long run this past weekend which is a huge confidence booster and then um I kind of have some fun questions, so if we make it there, we can use ask those, ask those questions. If not, we'll save them for next week. As always, this episode is brought to you by Mimosa Breakfast and Brunch. You know how I sometimes say, should I talk about the real food or should I just talk about the french fries and cheeseburger? Well, let me tell you this. Apostoli gives me a call the other morning at like 10 a.m. and goes, hey, guess what I just had for breakfast? And I'm like, I don't know. Eggs, an omelet, a delicious omelet, the shrimp omelet, your French churro, the Greek yogurt. I mean, there's just so many options. The pancakes, chocolate chip pancakes. And I'm just like rifling off all of my favorite dishes at Mimosa. And he's like, no, I had French fries, fresh from the fryer. And I'm like, French fries? And he's like, guess what I had for lunch? And I'm like, okay, maybe you had breakfast stuff for lunch because this all seems reversed. It's opposite day. And he's like, no, I had the cheeseburger. Uh, And I'm like, wow, it's because you've been listening to the Cream City Pacers podcast, right? And he goes, yeah. So advertising does work, people. And there it is, firsthand. You're supposed to come in and wrap, wrap, wrap this. I'm, I'm up just ashamed. I'm just ashamed. I'm a little ashamed. This is a running podcast. We're supposed to be here to teach you how to run, how do we inspire you. All you hear about us, I mean, all you hear about me is that I don't do my runs. I don't run the marathons that I set out to, and I eat French fries for breakfast. So <laughs> I don't know what you want here. You're just putting me on the spot here, but. They are amazing French fries, and they were fresh cut as always. And <laughs> fresh yeah, cut every day. Fresh cut. Actually, the reason why I had them is because it was quality testing. But I could have quality <laughs> tested it with just four French fries. So I, when I went to the guys and said, "We need to try," I I need to try the French fries and make sure that they're good because I I looked at the potatoes and they looked a little bit different before we cut them. Said so I want to try them. Uh, 
So instead of saying, can you just make four or five pieces? I said, make a whole side order. Now I have to eat it. Otherwise, it's wasteful. Alex, it's not right, man. Mm-hmm. That's the that's number one rule in culinary school is you never waste anything. Right? That's what we got uh, the potato. That's why we got the skin on the potato. But anyway, enough about mimosa. I love mimosa. It's my baby. And it's L- doing, me, and it's doing great. Me. It's doing great. I didn't ask you how Mimosa was doing. Are you just going to keep ranting or what? <laughs> no, I'm trying to change the subject, but go on. You have something You have something to say. What's up? I always have something to say because I love to say things. What I was going to say is you were kind of getting down on yourself there. You're like, I got a running podcast, but I don't run marathons. I eat French fries for breakfast. And it brings up an interesting comment because I feel like runners go through like two cycles or there's two different types of runners for myself I go through cycles where it's like I eat I run all these miles so I can literally sit down at a bench and drink beer and eat cheese curds and not feel guilty about it and then I go through the cycle of like oh man I gotta go vegan I feel like every February I'm like I gotta go vegan I gotta change my life and I do it for like two months and then I'm like oh man I just need to run and drink beer and eat cheese curds. So it's a vicious cycle. And I feel like you're in that vicious cycle right now, eating French fries. All of it relates. The, the things that we, you want us to talk about today with social media, all of it relates. This whole ver- vicious cycle is, there's something there, Alex. And I'm trying to figure it out. I'm doing a lot of digging into my soul, trying to figure out the relationship between running social media consumption, just in, in general, living a active life, whether that's an activity physically or doing things around the house or things that complete you instead of being passive and consuming, whether it's Netflix or your Instagram feed and the stories that everybody else is living and you are just observing or the inevitable, inevitable, um, virtual uh virtual reality world that facebook is going to put us into which is i mean i i just why people why are people not talking about the virtual reality world that they're trying to prepare us for it is dude i don't i don't i'm not a believer virtual reality uh, at least you just wait to see future this is why this is why i i think you know phones and tv and things that we can immerse ourselves in and be in our reality makes sense and this is what like our generation and like people functioning with phones whether you're a young adult a young professional or whatever in your 40s 50s 60s and on social media we didn't like grow up with virtual reality like why would i want to sit there with virtual reality goggles on and not be able to see anything in a room that's just my it's my opinion that's why it hasn't taken off that's why it it, it has i don't think it's taken off as much in the mainstream like it they have it in gaming, you know, you see it for this, and, like, Facebook pushes it super hard. Uh, but after watching, so, Social Dilemma, before, this, is a, this is a sponsor of, from Netflix. We're before digesting you go, Social Dilemma. I know you want to get into Social Dilemma, and there's so much to talk about. Well, but I was it, just going to tie it in, but, but why don't you say something, and then I'll tie something else in. If I may, just, just to make a counterpoint of what you just you said. You may. Regarding uh, virtual reality not being believably eminent let's just assume that this whole restricted world is going to continue this whole world where it's not just uncomfortable to be outside 
whether because you feel unsafe or because you have to wear a mask or because you have people screaming at you because you don't want to wear a mask and refuse to, the whole social imbalance in our country and the whole world, which relates to the social dilemma, and we'll get into that, you don't think if this continues for a long time, for another year or two, that people are going to be like, I don't want to go outside, give me a headset, I'm sick and tired of being at home, doing everything from home, working, sleeping, exercising, using the Peloton app, hello, you promoted it, Alex, and now- They pulled their sponsorship, so I don't want to talk about them anymore. (laughs) And now, you say, just give me a headset, let me visit some sites in the world, let me play some video game, or- Very important, if you look on Facebook right now, they're trying to prepare this, and I bet you they call the the whole thing about making a story or a live thing, they call it create your room. So is it so far-fetched that at some point you're going to buy their Oculus headset, which was purchased by by Facebook three years ago uh, as a technology, and everybody's like, why did they buy it? Well... How about you create your room and you can visit your buddy Alex? And then they give you all the bells and whistles to keep you there forever. And I will say one more thing. A fellow podcaster who I have been following and I think is one of the, the most inspiring interviews that I've heard are with this guy. It's Tim Ferriss, the Tim Ferriss podcast. Also, side note, he just came out with an amazing two and a half hour uh, episode with uh, Debbie Millman where they talk about his experience with being sexually, routinely sexually assaulted between the ages of two and four. It's an incredibly, incredibly shocking and just riveting episode. If anybody is interested in those subject matters and needs to hear that, go and listen to that. He just uh, released it about a week ago, I think. But anyway, moving on, Tim Ferriss, I'll never forget what he said that when he tried a headset for the first time, he was on for 30 minutes. When he removed the headset, he, his mind did a double take for a little while. Like, if this is not, if this is reality, once he took off the headset, if this is reality, what the hell was that? And, and, I, and I like to use his example because if anybody knows Tim Ferriss, he is not a child. He is not somebody that gets impressed easily. You can see it. He's been experimenting with multiple things, including hallucinogenic drugs. Uh, he's a big proponent of those. So for him to be easily transported with just putting the device on his head in an early stage of the, of the development of this technology... I think we're going to be onto something. Our, our brains have not evolved fast enough is basically to realize that this is not reality. So anyway, I'm getting off my soapbox. But that's where I, that's where I was going with it. After watching Social Dilemma, you, you see uh, not only where our world's going, right? I think you hit it on the head about COVID. And, you know, if you're at home all day. And the one thing, like, all right, I got a bunch of people in my house. A lot of people don't. And everyone, you know, is fighting their own battles and wants to get out of the real world in some way and escape. So, like, before this, I was like, VR? No. I, so I start seeing it, how, you know, how it can come into play more. Um, 
And I think you hit it on the head. So the social dilemma, you should go watch it if you haven't. Like hit pause, go watch it. Because what we talk about is going to be, you, you know, I'm just kidding. You don't need to really watch the movie before we talk here. But so it's basically about, I mean, obviously you're way better at recapping movies than me. Um, so I'll butcher it and then you fill in the cracks. <laughs> so the movie, like we all know social media is addicting, right? Like the reason Facebook makes money is because they want you to stay in their app as long as possible. YouTube, any any social account, right? Even Strava. Even Strava wants you to stay in. So they make everything, you know, very... It's all designed so you stay in, right? You watch a YouTube video, there's more recommendations. You, right? It's going to be based on what you're what you've searched before, what you've looked at, like they have it down. That's the infinite scroll on Facebook and Instagram. There's a point that it never ends. And then there's a the whole concept of social media is like a slot machine in Vegas. They, they talk about this. You've probably have heard this before if you're kind of into this subject, right? Of when I open up the app, what am I going to see? Comments from my friends, notifications, how many likes on my photo. And then when you pull down that feed and it just kind of circles, you don't know what what are you going to get? What friend's going to show up first with the post? What group are you in that someone commented something new? And that subconsciously makes you come back for more and more and That's more. That's like a slot how machine. Many times it's like a slot machine. You're pulling down. Yeah. You're right. That's a good point. And, and I've seen some documentaries before, but the really interesting thing about all of this was is it was basically created it was all interviews with people who are either like ceos at these companies like pinterest or or a founder of instagram or was the head of technology and engineering development at facebook or develop the like button right so it's all these people explaining how like yeah you social like we we have designed these platforms for you to become addicted to them in a sense and it's like kind of opened up my eyes to even more to it, the more stories they explain. But it's crazy how it's kind of morphed to what it is today. I think one huge takeaway was that basically social apps came on your phone in 2008 is when social, because that's when like the iPhone was released and Mm -hmm. Facebook and stuff, those apps started coming onto your Mm -hmm. phone. And they showed the suicide rates of teenage girls and boys since then and how it just has skyrocketed because social media has pushed that and it's like a father of two girls you're like what that is so scary and then at the end the one takeaway for me is at the end is they ask everyone in that video do your kids have social media and every one of them either said no or not till they were 16 or 18 years old and they said if you're gonna let your kids be on social media wait till after middle school and it was like these people are the ones designing it and are telling you that their kids are not it. And you're like, this is just like mind blowing. Like I got to get out of this. I got to get out of this. So, uh, what were, what were your, some of your takeaways? Um, first of all, speaking about teenagers, they did a great job of reenacting some, some, Oh yeah, the, that the, was cool. The, so that basically was cool. it's a documentary, but they also had a little story in there, like a fictional, uh, little representation of what social media can do within a family, within a modern family with three children of, of, of varying ages. Uh, it really hit home. And Alex, the whole premise of not allowing your kids to be on social media until up to a certain age, uh, it's kind of like not allowing your kids to smoke or drink until a certain age. It's still bad for you at any age. If you're doing it irresponsibly, yeah. it's just 
you can enforce it on your children. You can enforce those rules on your children uh, up to a certain age, and then they're adults. But the effect of social media, I personally have felt it. You have felt it. There's a reason why, I mean, I don't know if you just, I, I don't know if you mentioned it yet, but you're off of social media for a little bit now, and you, you decided to, to take a break. Yes. So it, it that that's one so, of the biggest. And that's not the first, that's not the first time I've done it. So last year between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I went off social media and I, I was, thought I was doing it for the same reasons of like. I mean, the one thing I'm like, well, I need social media because I have the podcast. So what happens if someone reaches out and, and right? What happens if someone reaches out and is recommending a guest or right? I, I got to make sure if someone comments that I can comment back right away. And if, and because of that, I have to have it. And when you say that, like, that's your, that's my excuse to have it. And for like the two times a week that maybe comes true where something comes across the feed or an inbox or something that we need to see the 70 million other times I'm on the app for three or four hours a day is like just wasting it. So like check in once a week, right? Like delete the app, check it once a week, right? Is like one thing mm-hmm. you could do. Cause literally you just, I'd laugh. So I deleted social media apps off my phone. I still have, I still have Facebook and Instagram. I th- don't think I'll ha- for my like work and for what we're doing on the podcast and stuff, like we'll have that around as a tool. But I didn't go on it all weekend, and I logged in Monday morning to check. Uh, I was waiting for a message from somebody. And at once, it just said how many likes on a post we had and, like, the three comments and a couple followers. And it was like I would have checked the phone, like, every 45 minutes for the entire weekend looking for that stuff. And instead, it was like, oh, there it is. Cool. And, like, the more you pull yourself away from it, you're, the more you're like, well, that's dumb. That was like Very, cool. There's some likes that come across. Exactly, and that's the last <laughs> thing that they want and too I've, is to, for you to pull away. Ooh, so they they talk about in the movie how like when you do go away, they show this through like the reenactment how they kind of like ooh, let's send them like a push notification that's something like something happened. So, anyways, that I never get emails from Facebook or Instagram, but since I was off of it for like four days, I started getting emails saying, Hey, these people like no your way. post or, uh, shout out to Richard Dodd. It said, Richard Dodd just checked in and landed in Wisconsin. And it was like, what? as they say, <laughs> if you go into that email, you're not going to see the entire post or the picture. If it's, there's anything they yeah, want you to click you to then because click. that's how they make money. And basically that that's the whole premise of social media. And, and somebody does touch up on but the so- fact that nobody, this was not planned supposedly it wasn't planned by anybody there's no evil one evil person behind it like a conspiracy theory that we're gonna we're gonna enslave the world with this with this technology it's it's evolved this way because social media make money the more you're on it so their life depends on it and there's no going back at this point because facebook facebook is on this facebook is on the stock market. There's no way you can start saying, you know what, we're going to make less money now to save the world from from being enslaved to to their screens. There's people that are expecting Facebook to continue to to grow. And for, you know, how you say it's like evil. It's so fun because the amount of people like I've met and stayed in touch with, like I have, you have like Facebook chats, right? Messenger and I have so many conversations with groups of people that that's how we communicate. Like, that's how we stay in touch. Or um, 
Facebook groups for certain things. Like here's a really, I run a fantasy football league. It's run through a Facebook group. So it's like, there's these things that like keep you there. Cause like, that's what they were made for. Right. It was made for community to come together for a group or a page or a chat. Right. And there's all these other things that keep you in it. Right. The news feeds, all these, right. The recommended videos that they're showing you all the sponsored ad content. And it's like, if you could just move that stuff off of it, it would, I think, make it easier for a lot of people. But, you know, you always think, I think, look at yourself, you're like the excuse that you make for why you have it. Well, I got to stay connected. FOMO. I need this. I need that. It's FOMO. It's FOMO. And it's really hard to like tell yourself, hey, I, I don't need this because then you're not connected. And that's kind of the world we live in. Or if you're not connected, you're an outsider. And it's like scary. And it's... It's a weird feeling to even try to think about and digest in my own head. I don't know if other people feel that way, but it's like, I don't want that. I don't want not to be able to like or post or see other things because, like, how do I know? And then it's like, we just text people more, call people. But I don't know. Live without it. People are still your friends. (laughs) Exactly. And and by the way, for those that don't know what FOMO is, it means fear of missing out. But but here's the the ticker, and this is another point that they touch on. Uh, deeply is the fact that that is not real. Whatever you're seeing on it is not real. Now, Facebook, when it first started, you had 100 friends. If 100 of your friends were were actively doing things and posting uh, or messaging or writing on your wall back then, that's that's all you could do back then. You could only have one picture when it first came out. Facebook came out. You could write on somebody's wall and send I don't think you could even send messages initially. Uh, or no, you could. But you could do public posts, whatever. You would see all of it. There was no news feed. I don't think there was news feed. You, could, you had to go into somebody's profile to see who had written on their wall. So there was no news feed. News, That's news so feed like came out, I want to say news feed came out in 2008, um, 2009. I might be wrong. Regardless. 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 Think, yeah. It's not, not so basically what I'm trying to say is that it it used to be that you could see everything that was on Facebook. You you could see it, but yeah, it was kind of like a blog, blog. right? But now, like you had to go find the information. And even when Newsfeed came out, it was basically they would show you whatever was on. Now they've gotten into the point where they show you only what you would like to see, what you are already interested in, what they think you're interested in. They show you your friends that you already agree with. They're not going to show you your crazy, you know, conspiracy theory friend like posting all the things that that make you go, oh my God, what is this? I I don't want to log on to Facebook again. (laughs) They're showing you, you know, Alex, uh, right right now, my Facebook, because my Facebook right now is full of RBG stuff, right? Everybody's all about. Uh, uh, the the Supreme Court justice that just passed away, and everybody on my on my newsfeed, it's all profile pictures of friends that have changed it to something about her and quotes from her. What is my impression right now? What is my impression, Alex? The whole world is weeping about RBG. That's my impression. I go on as like everybody. Oh my God, everybody is. Is, is devastated by the by, by the death of RBG. And then you go to my friend, let's call call their friend Mark. 
Mark, well, Mark, let's just do me. Let's no, just no, do no, me. Because, like, Mark's fake. No, no. Just, let's not do you because I don't think that's you. Okay, you're fine. not you. I'm, I'm saying Mark is a right-wing guy that, well, that added me on Facebook, and I know him. And we're not friends, really, but I can't really not accept his, his thing, right? And I'm not saying that I can't disagree with somebody and be friends with him, but Mark is extremely right-wing. He's the kind of guy that's just a little bit over the top. He calls, uh, you, you know, he sees the worst in the other side. He's not posting anything about RBG. Maybe he's, he, he's, he's not, maybe he's posting bad things about RBG. He, but his, what I'm trying to say is that his newsfeed is going to be full of, some people are saying, it's time to fill that void seat. Let's do it. We have to do it. RBG was all about, um, marxist ideals let's mm. fill somebody with our so what's reality right now i could have this the exact same friends as mark for whatever reason let's say me and mark went to the same school had the exact same friends for some reason but he's seen a completely different story because he's interested in the right wing and i'm more interested in in you know i'm not saying i'm left or right but my friends my friend but but <laughs> but 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 but, but, cans but out of the worms. my friends my friends, I, I tend to sympathize friends more with guess. friends that are a little bit more on the on the left side. Yeah, so, and, and so right, you should you should listen to Rabbit Hole. Have you listened to that from New York Times? It sounds like I should be on that podcast. I just go down the rabbit hole of talking, talking, talking. Is that is that why you say that? No, it's 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 what you're talking about about how your content is like uh, one way and my feeds another way and someone else is another way. Um, so it, it's New York Times, and they basically, like, the first two episodes follow a guy who started watching tons of YouTube and got pushed far right because of, like, the platform and recommendations. And then somehow, someone along the way, because they looked through all his YouTube history, he started going back to the left and then went, like, left, like, more more than center. And all of a sudden he started seeing content from both sides and it was like the algorithm was broken and he was just like, it was crazy because he was seeing some of his favorite people from the right being torn apart by people on the left. And they basically, they these YouTubers on the far left and far right have figured out how to like work with each other and be in each other's show. So like to beat the algorithm. So they just keep showing you more content. And then they talk to the CEO of YouTube for a couple episodes and then they do, bring up PewDiePie. So obviously I don't really know if you know much about like PewDiePie's history. Yeah. I like know who he is, but I didn't know like a ton about his like fallout of recently in the last mm, years uh, with some of the stuff he was posting, but it is like insane. And that, that is like a good, like real world example of like how this is really happening. So it's, it's crazy. So I feel like getting if you should watch I, that you I should would, listen to that since you just I watched definitely the social watch, dilemma. Uh, listen to that and speaking of i'm not sure what pewdiepie did or what his fallout was the 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 last takeaway in that social dilemma and by the way it sounds like we're spoiling the whole documentary but regardless you're gonna watch i could watch this 10 times and i'm still gonna be shocked every time the last thing that it that it talks about and leads up to is the the whole aspect of social division and how everybody's just been and I've been talking about this for a while I don't know if, if it's been on the podcast I can't remember but with Alex I keep talking that we're just being divided more and more 
and we're listening less and less to the other side. Uh, and social media is 100% to blame. And I say it 100% because we've never been this divided before. We've had a social, we had, we've had a civil war, but I bet you it was not that bad. I bet you we were not, we were not <laughs> as divided. I think our leaders back then were divided and people would follow the leaders. Now it's everybody has an, everybody has an opinion and then they see somebody else have a similar opinion and they gravitate to each other and Facebook only shows you the people that you agree with and then you look around and say, how do these people not realize that masks are bad for you or whatever else they're coming up with right now? That's, or how do these people not realize that 5G is the reason for COVID-19? Are they stupid? I mean, how, you, how can you not understand <laughs> that they're planting this and that's why they right. want us to stay inside our houses? It's like, how can you not? Because they've been, they've been indoctrinated to believe that through social media, constantly pumping the same information into their heads. It's a dangerous, dangerous, yeah. dangerous time. And one guy, I think the guy from Pinterest, I got goosebumps when he said it. They said, Again, these are guys that are highly sophisticated. You can't get to the roles and to the positions that they got to by being, you know, by by sheer luck. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you got to be extremely intelligent and um, collaborative. So they're, they're social beings and smart people. They asked him, "What do you think is next?" You remember what he said? He no, said, "Civil war." Like in the at some point, civil war, if it continues like this. And you, I know it sounds extreme, but think about how we were. Just dude, just think how that. we were a year ago. It wasn't this bad a year ago. And you can say, oh, coronavirus. No, I don't think coronavirus is just to blame. It was a big catalyst. But a year ago, we were not this divided. And everybody's saying, oh, it's just the elections. Are you kidding me? No matter what the results are going to be in the elections, you're going to see some serious shit. Excuse my French, Christina. Just to quote Doc Brown. Just to just to quote Doc Brown <laughs> from my favorite. Are... I'm just quoting my favorite movie, Back to the Future, Doc Brown. But you're going to see some serious shit after the elections, after the the results come out, because you can't tell me that each side is going to be like, "Yep, oh, sorry, we lost." It's so I don't want to get too political here, but. <clears throat> Some, someone shared an article with me and we talked about it a few times that Trump's pushing in per, in-person voting, right? Mail voting is don't do it. It's fraudulent, blah, 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 or do both. Um, so I think what we might see is a, on election night because they can count the in-person voting. So there's some states that don't count in-person voting. They can't do early counting. Mm-hmm. Like Wisconsin's one of those. So Wisconsin can't start counting um, early ballots that were mailed in till election day. So what you're going to see is on the night of the election, there's a good chance, let's say, President Trump wins because his base goes out to vote. And then like four days later when they finish counting, the results come in that, that say that Biden now wins. Can you just imagine what's going to happen? Can you wrap your head around that I'm, if that's a scenario? I'm going to go take a vacation. And during that time, I'm going to go to California, actually. <laughs> I'm going to go crazy. out to California during that time. It's a nice little bubble of... California <laughs> knows how to putt. Yeah, you've been going out there a lot. So what I do want to talk about is is 
social media is Strava. Talk, this is like a running, Strava, this is we're a runners, podcast. We're, we, we're do it. And I love Strava. I think it's like a beautiful thing, right? Because it's for runners. It's for bikers. It's for Nia because she's a triathlete, right? You can do all that and you can share with your friends and you can like and you can say congrats. Like I have some group chats that are just focused on like looking at our Strava data and then talking about it in this group chat because we don't live with each other. So that's how we see what each other do. And it's super fun, right? And you think it's like a positive thing. It is. But like, let me tell you, like I've struggled, like when I have bad weeks or bad days and like I didn't do my long run, but I know it's Saturday. So everyone else is doing their long run. And then like, I look at the feed and I like get depressed. Cause it's like, man, I only did eight miles and I should have did 16. And then you see everyone else do 20. Or like you should be happy for them, but then like you're not because like you you didn't do that, and it's like even like an app that I love, yeah, you still have the same. How does that compare to watching like what they call Instagram reality? Seeing people that are doing these extraordinary things. Oh, it's funny. I was just talking to a buddy of uh, actually, you know, you know, he's kind of like a buddy to you, Marwan. Um, he was telling me how he has a friend that every time he travels. He, like, on his way to his seat on the airplane, he'll sit down on a business class seat and take a picture and be like, haha, suckers, like, I'm on business class. Then get up and go to his coach seat in the back. <laughs> and there's this that face, gold. fake, fake image out there about people's uh, lives. And we're all getting into our heads saying, I'm just not good enough. Look at X person over there having this kind of body, living this kind of lifestyle, running this kind of marathon or training run or tempo run or track workout. And I'm saying, how much of that is reality? How much of that is, first of all, can you bullshit your way through a Strava app run? I don't know. Maybe you know better because you can input your own numbers, I'm pretty sure. Or And second, okay, but well, wait, yeah, wait, let's, okay, not, like, okay, let's not talk like, about that. But if you have a shitty run, just like if you have a shitty picture, and again, I'm using this word a lot, sorry, Christina. But, but if you have, a, if you take a terrible picture of you, a terrible selfie, you're not going to post that. Is that similar to, I had a terrible run, I'm not posting that. Do people do that? Oh, yeah. I know athletes have talked about that of like, um, right I don't want to post this run because it wasn't a good run. I have used to think that, and now I just like let it go. And if it's on there, like I don't care if you think I ran slow. Like that's what that was my run. Welcome to my world. Um, but like the flip side of that is sometimes when I see like I don't we don't see people running anymore, right? So when I see someone like nail a run on Strava, it makes me so happy. Like yes, I knew they've been training, and there it is. Like I get to see it. Like this is the closest I get to see it because I can't be there for it, right? And uh, I think that's like the cool part of Strava, where it's, you know, you can really celebrate each other's accomplishments because that's where it is. And and the failures, like you know, people hide that stuff, and you can delete that or not upload it, right? Or fudge the numbers if you want. So you probably do see less of that but i think the being able to cut out a lot of the clutter right it's just running app that you know it's it's fun to see how other people are succeeding on there but yeah i'm off strava i think it i think my runs get uploaded to strava because my garmin app's on my phone and i know some people are going to be upset doesn't me, drive you nuts but doesn't drive you nuts maybe so I'll right be now back. you're going to have a great run and you're not going to be able to go and see all the claps and fire emojis underneath who liked it? 
What if it's I'll, what if it's I'll be okay. Molly Seidel, the Olympian? That's posting underneath, and you're missing the chance of well, getting her on the podcast right now. That's what gets you. That's what gets you with social media is the fear of missing out. That's FOMO. So to recap, life's going to be okay if you get rid of your social media channels. It's okay. Take the plunge. Do it for a weekend. Do it. I dare you to. It's or, fun. Or before, or before you life. do it. Don't do That's it where yet. That's I'm in. Don't, just, just don't, you, don't do it yet. Listen. Don't do it yet. Yeah, don't. Or, don't, don't, or just don't, don't listen do to it. me. I have one thing. Or don't listen to me, <laughs> Apostoli. <laughs> what, what you should do, if you have an iPhone, for example, I'm sure Androids can do this. But if you have an iPhone, you can actually look at your screen time. Your screen time can tell you a lot of metrics that are in the back end. Ooh, like the other true. day, we went out for a run, and Alex announced to me about his social dilemma viewing and being a, you know, taking uh, taking away all the apps on his phone while we were out on a run with the with the twins. And I told him, I said. Dude, do you know how much time I probably spent on stupid websites today? On stupid uh, social media and time-wasting websites? I bet you it was one hour. And I was busy all day. And still somehow I... This was 6 o'clock at night that we, that we ran. I said, I bet you I've been running since this morning. I've been running around, got up, went to work, didn't take any breaks... And I bet you I still spent one hour on social media between getting like the first time when you wake up in the morning and you and you look at your phone and then you take your phone to the, somebody said it in that social dilemma movie documentary. They say, do you do you look at your phone before you go to the bathroom or while you go to the bathroom in the morning? And, it's like, and, and <laughs> why not both? Both, yeah. All <laughs> the answer is both. And and then. Where do I find uh, that go, data? You go you go into you go into you settings. The phone settings, settings and the screen time is like the eighth option. Like today okay, the daily average of my screen time, it, I don't want to admit it's 7 hours and 20 minutes. Now, granted, I will say this, and this is consoling that I leave my phone open all the time. With a timer, I do Pomodoro timers to time my um, productivity and to get me focused. So I leave my screen on. So it might not be accurate. However, this is the another metric that I that drives me nuts is how many times I'm picking up my phone a day. Average, average pickups a day. Are you ready? What is that real? My average pickups a day are 135. So that means throughout the day, I'm taking my phone, picking it up to check things 135 times. I think that's a lot. Do the math. Eight times an hour. That's not, there's no excuse for this. You can't tell. My phone does not ring. And here's me. I will say this. I continuously... Throughout the whole day, at all times, my phone is on do not disturb. So there's no time that my phone dings, makes any sound or vibration other than phone calls. The only time that my phone lights up and says anything to me 
is when there's a phone call alone only. That's it. Because everything else can wait. Email can wait. Messages can wait. You want to reach me? Call me. And I still pick this damn thing 135 times. I pick it up 135 times a day. Now you tell me, who's the boss? I paid for this thing. I pay for this thing. And it's ruling over me. So I've deleted social media apps for my phone. And it's saying today I still picked up my phone 113 times. Which is down from like the last couple of weeks. But dang, I'm still picking up my phone a ton. And I'm still spending it texting it. Yeah, I just told, I think before we started recording, I told you, I open up my phone and my thumb just like twitches. It like freaks out looking for apps. Like where's, where's Facebook? Where's Instagram? Where's YouTube? Where's this? And it just like flutters around and then I don't have anything to click. So I'm, I end up like in the weather channel app. Like what's the weather look like tomorrow? <laughs> it's pretty funny. But what, what you're, what you were getting at though is like kind of go, go look at the data. See really where you're spending your time. And get that time back. This is your life. Get some time back. Go for more runs. Do some stretching because we all know we need a, everyone needs to do some more active stretching if you're a runner. And uh, go down, down, download the Peloton app. Use promo code CREAMCITYPACERS and start doing some exercise workouts. So this is how they get you coming back for more, Alex. It's, it's simple psychology. They're, <laughs> okay, they're, well, I'm not... I'm not I'm not good at that stuff, so break it down for me. Simple. Now, Simple last, last week, Alex's favorite saying was, or two weeks ago, is like, I'm not a scientist, right? You were saying that. So you're not a scientist. I'm not a scientist. I don't play one on the internet. But there are four, basically there are four good, feel-good chemicals. There's serotonin. There's oxytocin. There's dopamine. And one of our favorites, that's why we have a running podcast, is endorphins. The way they keep you coming back for more and more is through dopamine. Dopamine through evolution was for us to feel happy when we found a new source of food, when we found a new place for shelter, or when we um, you know, found a friend. That was dopamine. And it was very, very uh, important for our survival as a species and uh, to help us survive with our families. Because basically... You know, we want to go and look for more food or new sources of food. Therefore, we survive. Our, again, our brains have not evolved fast enough to realize that all these little notifications and all these little red little things on the top of the app icon that say, you have something new here, go and check it out. We haven't realized that this is, this is nothing to do with our survival. Your fingers, as you said, your thumb trying to get to these apps is because you have been addicted to dopamine. It's very, very small little doses of dopamine. Also, dope. There's a reason why we call it dope because dopamine is something that gets released when you are taking drugs. We won't talk about um, serotonin and oxytocin. Those are the selfless chemicals and you should invest in learning about those. But endorphins are the other selfish along with dopamine, is the other selfish chemical that gets released by the brain. And the reason for endorphins was that if you were running, if somebody was chasing you in order to survive, at least you were feeling good while running and you would run more. Or if you were chasing to catch an animal, 
uh, and tire out the animal. You would feel good while the animal was getting tired and you were like, this is great. So you get addicted to that activity. So coming back to that, you can choose between two selfish chemicals right now. You can choose between dopamine and you can choose between endorphins. Let's choose endorphins all day long through running. Go running. That's that. That's the way to release, the easiest way to release endorphins. It's a good Boom. run. And then go get your dopamine on Strava. <laughs> that's a good way to end that. That Look at you. Um, that was, I like that. You wrap that up very nice. You get an A for that work there. Anyways, we're not scientists. We're not. We're just dudes, running dudes. Boys, Friend. sometimes referred to us as the boys. The just boys. Sharing, sharing our insights. Well, we don't want to get. I want to hear. I want to hear about. I want to hear this past weekend, though. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk running. So, hey, I hope you guys kind of enjoyed that. That was something new for us that we wanted to try out. You know, I think it's a topic that's important to everyone that listens to this. We've all experienced it every day. You know, we all have our own rabbit holes we go down of social media or web websites, whatever it may be, Um, and just kind of our experience with it and where we're going with it. So. Um, let's talk about running stuff. So Christina ran the virtual lakefront marathon. The virtual lake, lakefront marathon is really October 3rd, but Christina starts um, work then, so she wanted to get running out of the way. So, dude, she did I tell tell you on the podcast last week what she was going to do for time? Uh, yes, like but I, we, we bleeped that out. I bleeped that out. Oh, we bleeped it out. That's right. <laughs> so... Christina's A goal, it was in my mind, was 317. She might tell you 320, but it was 317 in my mind. So she figured out how to do four, like 6.55 mile loops. We live over by Estabrook Park um, down the Oak Leaf Trail. So it was great. So as a spectator and as the water crew with the kids, it was wonderful because we could see here at multiple points and we didn't have to drive the lakefront course. So I'll take that. That's a win for the virtual race. Anyway, so Jenny paced her the entire time, which was great when you have like a 247 marathoner pacing you and she's like running backwards, handing you water, asking if you're okay. So like that's the kind of pacer you want. So shout out to Jenny's Wagerman for carrying helping carry the team. And I know some of our other friends like Ben and Viv and Patrick and Tyler were all there to enjoy uh, a bunch of loops. So shout out to the support crew, the run crew, I should say. Anyway, so like on lap three, they come through and I'm like, what's the pace? And Jenny's like, we're doing seven tens right now. And I'm like, seven tens, like we're, we're going sub three ten here. I'm like, there's either, I like kind of froze up and was like, I hope she doesn't crash. Like, she's in really good shape. She's either going to crash and burn, or she's, like, on cloud nine just flying right now. They come back around for lap four with one mile left, and they're like, we're still doing 710s. I'm like, no way. So Christina finished with a 308, like, 47, which is a 19-minute PR. Super incredible. That's Woman of the year. Mom, mother of twins. Bear of Dragons. I don't know that I forgot the Game of Thrones description, but no, she's super awesome. And she did the Hanson Marathon, which we usually maybe have trashed in the past. So now I have to 
pull back all my comments on that and say it's the best training program. There was a lot of running, though, if you talk to her. And by the way, we <laughs> would a love lot to talk to you, Christina, on the Christina, podcast. come on the we show, need- please. Usually with, uh, with our guests, we have somebody like connect us to it. So if anybody knows Christina out there and yeah. you'd like to hear her story, please connect us to Christina and let her know that we'd like to have her on the podcast, that you would like to have I- her on the podcast because she knows we would. Our connections aren't good enough with her. We just can't they're, crack the cookie. They're not, they're not. <laughs> so we were going to be motivated. So that made me motivated because I had to do my long run. You guys know I've been training for the Lakefront Marathon. Um, should I kind of do We'll just do the running update. I think it fits right here. So as you know, we've been training for the Lakefront Marathon, and this portion of the podcast is presented by Thunderdome Running. Our friend, Matt Dull, over at Thunderdome Running, has been hooking Apostoli and I up with custom plans for our marathon. My marathon, Apostoli's now converted 10K uh, for this virtual lakefront marathon. And Matt has been awesome. He's been an awesome coach. It's sad that I'm on my final weeks here uh, with Matt, but we can still be friends. We can still text each other. How's your run? Anyways, if you guys want a custom plan... That's fit for you. That's fit for what your goals are and your whatever. It's a marathon, a 5K, a 10K. If you're just starting running and you just want to, you know, achieve some goal, Matt's your man. So head over to ThunderdomeRunning.com and get connected with Matt. Tell him the Cream City Pacer, the Cream City Pacer boys sent you. And, yeah, he'd be super stoked to work with you. So Christina ran on Saturday. I got to get my long run in, right? We're, We're two weeks out here. And I haven't had, I had like an 18 miler and that was my longest run. So Matt had 15 miles on the dock for me. And I went out at 5 a.m. on Sunday to go do my long run. And I ran two and a half miles and walked and ran another half mile and quit. And I walked home and I'm like, are you kidding me? I have to run a marathon in two weeks and I can't even run three miles. So I, w- I wasn't, I didn't like eat well enough. I didn't really treat my body really nice the day before. Mm-hmm. So we went home, I went back home, had a big breakfast, the fam, we went out for a hike, beautiful day on Sunday. And then I came back, had some lunch, had a light lunch, sat for a little bit and then went out and ran 17 miles. So huge confident booster, 20 miles for the day. It's not 20 miles at once, but it was 20 miles for the day. And I'm feeling good now going into marathon weekend in a few weeks. Cool. Cool That's beans. Awesome, man. I got to give it to you for, for doing that. You went over the goal of what Matt had set for you. Usually we do the bare minimum, right? And you went after you uh, failed Don't once. speak for me. Are you putting words in my mouth? Usually we do the bare minimum. We... We, I, I'm, I'm talking like Smeagol, like Smeagol from Lord of the Rings. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, I gotta the weekend give it to you, wasn't a, good. Good. Uh, I mean, you're very inspiring. Uh, that's I'm gonna, what I grew up. You're so inspiring. I'm gonna run the marathon with you. Part of it. The 10k part of it. The 10k part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Broken down uh, into uh, four, four two and a half uh, kilometers. Okay. I'm excited to. I'm actually coming back. I'm leaving on a trip, but I made sure that I'm coming back on 
the third so I can be there for the fourth. Now, you are doing this on the fourth, right? If you're doing this on the third, no, I'll be very upset because otherwise I come I back on I the told, fifth. I'm going to do it on sa- I told you. I think I'm going to do it on Saturday. Are you serious? I booked Probably. my tickets already. No, you didn't. I yes, mean, don't I worry did. about me. Yes, I I told you I was going to do it on the third. You said you were like, going to do, do it, it either on the, on the third or the fourth. Or you the were fourth. like, the weekend of the third or the fourth is when the Lakefront Marathon is. And you were going to do it on... The, by the way, Lakefront Marathon... I said... You, you, Alex, hear, hear, hear me out. You don't, can't, don't you can't break... Don't Pitch me. You can't break tradition. You got to you gotta <laughs> keep the tradition. The tradition has been to do it on a Sunday. Lakefront Marathon has been going on for 40 years, man. If you're I gonna break the marathon, tradition. It would be on Saturday. It would be on Saturday. Well, you don't. Scott runs the marathon, okay? So you're not gonna I decide that this time. You're gonna run it on a Sunday because I'm coming back from California on the third for that reason alone. You think I wasn't gonna stay for 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 Sunday morning brunching at home with uh, with Maria? No way, man, dude. When's your flight coming? Too late. You want to run a night night marathon? I'll be there. I think I'll get here at four o'clock great now i got one more person in my life disappointed with my actions wonderful thanks apostoli add you to the list of people i'll help you run faster i'm telling you (laughs) (laughs) all right you guys this was a good episode i did have a fun topic i thought we might get to but i'm gonna save that for another episode and i'm gonna post it on our social media channels where i guess no one will be anymore social media where we can get some answers what is that (laughs) what is that I can't. This is a really funny way. Hey, don't be on social media. But we're going to ask a really fun question on social media for you to respond to because we need your content for an, an upcoming well, episode. Well, how, how about this? How about our mailing list? Maybe you can respond yeah, to our mailing we talk list. A, well, let's 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 talk about it next time. But if you want, all right. The mailing sneak list. Peek, if you want to be on it, maybe there's other ways. Be the first one to know about the merch that maybe will finally drop with this email list, exclusive email list where you get to know all the CCP insider stuff. Yeah, you're right. We'll talk. You're about like it next a week. you're you're like a cult leader, man. You keep promising the these things that you're never delivering. It's like, yes, they're coming. <laughs> merch is coming. You just promised last week it's gonna be out, but but there's good reason, people. There's good. I'm not bashing Alex, but there's good reason why we. we Merch is not out. There's an excellent reason, but we can't tell you. Why? I know we had the conversation, exactly. but that's exactly. not going to stop Why? the merch from coming out. The merch is still going to come out the way it is because people need the merch. You guys, thank you for being awesome. Go crush some runs. We appreciate you. If you're finishing a run and listening to this, thank you. Hope it was a good run. Until next Friday, keep on running. <laughs>